1: We're back. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, how a kid's TV show is causing chaos in the TV ratings game, displacing primetime shows. Did a stuff up at seven really stop Chris Brown from hosting Dancing with the Stars? And it's the biggest TV story of the year. Just what can we expect in the Fox News versus Dominion defamation case? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: This is TV Blackbox, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry.
1: Oh yes, we're back, baby. I'm Rob McKnight and welcome to TV Blackbox. How was your Easter? Great, good. Hello, David <laughs> Robinson, TV presenter.
0: <laughs> Hello there, Rob. Great to be back. <laughs> what the hell
1: was that? I don't know. I assumed they were answering me.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did. They Still did, like didn't
1: they? I probably should have paused, but I, I think it probably shows I didn't really care. <laughs> 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 I think so. Uh, TV Black Box producer, Abby Mickelson, hello to
2: you. Hello, Rob, and I am recording on Kuringai land today and so I want to pay my respects to the Aboriginal people of this land and to their Elders past and present.
3: And Steve Mulk. Good evening, friends. <laughs> my name is Mulk. I'm recording on the land of the Dark and Jugmol, but I'd like to pay my respects to their Elders past and present. It's wonderful to be back.
1: Let's get into the topics of the week. We now have a launch date for Voz the new Virtual Australia rating System. As the AFR put it, and I quote, Five years after it was first announced and after delays, half-launches and missed deadlines, Voz will share daily audience data and access to a new new modelling system to major advertising firms within weeks. The exact date, according to the paper, will be May 1. OzTam Chief Executive Doug Pfeiffer has conceded the new measurement system has taken too long to bring to market. One person chomping at the bit for Voz to become the standard is, of course, Seven's big boss, James Warburton. He's long argued the ratings game is much more than just about the linear broadcast. Voz means Australia will be among the first countries in the world with an industry-agreed way to deduplicate how many people are watching shows and ads through a TV aerial and through a broadcast video on-demand app like, say, 7 Plus, 10 Play, 9 Now, SBS On Demand or ABC iview. Foxtel, though, says it may not need Voz to measure its viewers after the rapid rise of its own streaming audiences on Binge and KO. But that might not be surprising, considering the Sydney Morning Herald reported recently Foxtel had overstated some of their audiences by 30 to 40%, a claim which Foxtel denies. Well, I've got to say, I'm on board and looking forward to seeing how this changes the ratings game.
3: Uh, well, firstly, I want to agree with Doug Pfeiffer that it took way too long to get Vos to market, and it's ludicrous. I don't, I don't know about the claim that it will deduplicate the data. I think all it will do is actually consolidate the data and give us uh, an enhanced picture on how people are watching any show, pick it from the board. We are getting that from Total TV to a large degree now. However, um, it's a week later. It's a seven-day consolidated number that Total TV gives us, whereas what Voz will do is give us the next-day data on that. I I don't know how helpful that's going to be, though, given that anyone that's using a a catch-up service isn't generically jumping on to watch it within, you know, 12 hours of it being broadcast, because we're really only talking about the prime time stuff. Some are, Rob, I agree, but nowhere near the numbers that we would see that are enveloped into the total TV data, and this is before we start to get to the fact of what a ratings actually about, and that is advertising dollars, and very, 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 very few organizations are buying national advertising campaigns. they are all talking about cap city or regional.
1: But a bigger number means there's they've got more people that they can show are watching those shows in each market. Anyway, I'm interested about the fact you said you yes don't. And no,
3: but sure, sorry.
1: Well, doesn't that stand to reason that if if you've been working on a figure of a million for a show, but now you're working mm-hmm. on a 1.5 or two million figure, then even in those markets where you're trying to break it down to, you've got more of an audience reported in these ratings.
3: Yes, but apart from a Coke or a McDonald's, say, Um, no one is buying regional and five-city metro and streaming ads. They're doing one or the other. And, And so while it's great to have this big figure that says there was two million, as you suggest in your example, watching whatever show, if I'm selling my widgets and I'm selling it to capital city audiences, I only care about the capital city number. It's great that there's all these other things, but I'm not buying money to put it on seven plus ten player or, or nine get that. now. But no, you won't. You won't see that audience in any benefit in paying for your widget advertising.
1: But what I'm saying is, an advertiser, you will get those kind of breakdowns. Any breakdown you want to target mm-hmm. certain
3: markets or but demographics. But Voz will tell will us get. this. But Voz will tell us this, and all I'm saying is, it's great to get the big picture. All it does, in my opinion, is prop up declining audiences in one market by saying but look they're all doing it like this and they are and it's great that there's more people watching it via um catch up and those sorts of things and I've completely diverted from your question Rob so I apologize for that uh about that it's just my I think it is not actually it doesn't solve the advertising issue all it does is go our show rated two million last night
2: is the idea of this or the plan eventually for these figures to replace the overnight figures
3: is that well these are overnight figures having
2: but more like more inclusive no no no. like genuinely wondering because then i my question then is how then do you compare ratings to previous years so if we jump to this time next year how do mm. we compare the ratings of a show that has all of those things included? Yeah. So you
0: that- can't But isn't that something that happened when Oztam was developed and Nielsen was there? When they crossed over, uh, mm. it, it was it, uh, you know, discovered that Nine had way more viewers because of the way that Nine decided to um, measure or Oztam decided to measure the audience compared to what Nielsen Actually, did?
1: Actually, it was the opposite. It cost oh. David Leckie his job
0: because oh.
1: Nine had signed on for Oztam and then Seven were closer than what Nine had been, and Nine had dropped in the ratings That's right, when yes, we went over yes. to Oztam and it ultimately cost David Leckie his job, as I said.
0: Isn't any kind of modernisation of the way we measure ratings and, and deliver ratings in Australia a good thing? Isn't this yes. isn't this moving in the right direction? Because the old way is archaic. Mm. Um, any way that we can measure just how many eyeballs are watching different things has got to be a better way, even if there aren't national. Um, well,
1: it's grabbing everyone. Media
0: spends. That's right. And yeah, it's not.
3: But but he, this is the challenge that we face. What we're actually doing is is taping, you know, one of those old phones you used to hang on the wall, where you, you like the old ones where you would pick it up and have to spin the thing and then talk to an operator. Where we're ripping that off the wall and we're gluing it to your Wi-Fi modem. Right, that's ostensibly what these numbers are looking like because the linear broadcast numbers are still only run off a panel, which I appreciate is is highly, um, in, you know, uh, uh, segmentized and aggregized to be able to understand. So not everybody in Australia has an Oz Ten box, but everybody in Australia that watches a show via Nine, Now, Ten Play, or Seven Plus is included in that mm. number. So it's it's and those numbers aren't broken up by regional or. Um, five city Metro so it's where we're pushing together different metrics and different markets to give us an overall figure, which is excellent for PR and nothing else comparing next year's numbers to two years ago's number uh, Abby will only be us looking down the five city Metro column and going that's that is the closest apples to apples comparison we can get mm-hmm. but we have to acknowledge that there are Just huge changes in the way people are consuming television. All right.
1: Did you know one of the biggest shows on TV right now is Bluey? Yeah. (laughs) The Blue Heeler and her family are outrating primetime TV shows and in Brisbane on Sunday night even beat Seven News. Nationally, the show beat Lego Masters and I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Robbo, it's a great headline, but this is a seven-minute show. Is this a concern for programmers?
0: I wouldn't think so. Everyone loves Bluey and it it, it, um, appeals to a broad audience. I'm on TikTok and there are so many adults, especially in America, who, uh, you know, froth all over Bluey Mm. and have little clips. They just love it. Um, You're right. It's seven minutes. um, It's not in prime time. It's a fun headline to show, you know, a, a kid's show is beating these major prime time players. That's all it is. It's it's nothing to get worried about. We're not going to see a Bluey primetime special anytime soon, I'm going to tell Holy you. Holy right shit now.
3: though, can you imagine if they oh,
0: did? It would rain <laughs> Can us you imagine? You know? It
3: would be so cool.
1: Vols would explode, else.
0: you know, with all the numbers. It would yeah. be
3: one of those nights
1: where the other channels run nothing because <laughs> yeah, they know they are gonna right. get beat. Uh, I tell you on on a ratings front, what will be interesting to watch and that's Millionaire Hot Seat. Uh, it's not performing. Oh, it's exactly. just had a bit of a milestone, but it, it 2,500 episodes this week, I think oh. it was. But yes. I, I reckon watch this space. I think change is in the air. All right. Remember the writer's strike back in 2007? Well, another one is looming over Hollywood after members of the Writers Guild of America passed a strike authorisation vote. The vote was 9,020 in favour and 198 opposed. That means 97.85% voted in favour of striking. Union leadership now has the power to call a strike once the current contract expires on May 1. But that doesn't mean a strike is certain. Back in 2017, the Guild didn't strike even though members voted in favour of action. This time around, the WGA is seeking a major reworking of writer compensation, including a sizeable increase in minimums, a better formula for residuals on streaming platforms, and a minimum staffing requirement for all TV shows. Abby, streaming has essentially killed residuals for writers. You can see why they want a better deal. Writers used to get paid every time an episode of Neighbours aired, the writers involved in that episode, would get a residual check. On streaming, that doesn't happen.
2: No, and I, yeah, I think people advocating for higher pay is almost always a good thing. I think everyone's feeling like the cost of rising, cost of living. Not at
1: TV, black box, it's not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But no, everyone is feeling like the cost of living pressures. And I just think, yeah, these workers are doing important work for the industry. Without them, we wouldn't have these shows. And I, yeah, I think it's great.
1: Are you worried about what shows you might lose, Robbo?
0: Well, I think back in 07, they either, and correct me if I'm wrong, they cut down seasons. So we might have a season of only you know seven episodes of CSI mm. because they just couldn't yeah. write them. So it was, it, 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 there are massive ramifications. I would think that, uh, and I'm basing this on nothing at all but a feeling in my waters, that they're not going (laughs) to strike because they've got a lot of support. Part of the reason that they um, had that vote was to show the studios that there's no point in trying to uh, splinter them. Um, They are a united block, so hopefully that means that we won't see – you know, a strike. But pff, as long as TikTok's not affected, I'm fine.
3: <laughs> wow, the, the heavy lifting is the next the next week or so. Yeah, with the current contract expiring on the first of May, as you stated quite rightly, Robo, the WH can now WJA can now go with uh, some authority mm. to the negotiating table and say we're happy to strike, like we're ready to go. And the largely unionised Hollywood will mean that everything shuts down. Yeah. So, with no writers other than the scripts that you've already got, and those that want to push on and try and make programming, actors will be encouraged to strike and support writers. Um, all of the unions around the the crew will go out in support. There is no question about that because the same problems they're going to do that, which is what we saw in the the oh seven oh eight strike. Uh, and if you remember, we uh, like there were some key TV shows that had their fortunes changed because of the writer strike, The Office US got uh, a, a boost, it only picked up after the writer's strike right. and, and they went out in support of it. And Breaking Bad, Jesse was going to be written out. Wow. And instead stayed in as a character because of the writer's strike and things had to change and they uh, had, you know, could deliver less episodes and all of those sorts of things. So huh. I, I think there hmm. were, there would be some pretty nervous executives worried about what the deal is if they don't come to the party. Because, frankly, what the... What the Writers Guild of America are asking for is not outrageous.
1: Mm. And there have been some reports that a lot of uh, broadcasters and streamers have actually been planning ahead for this uh, by holding back the launch of shows, so Uh, spreading them out uh, over a longer period rather than going bang, bang, bang. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And talking about Interesting to see what happens. This is the story I am obsessed with at the moment. It's the Fox News versus Dominion voting systems, where $1.6 billion is what Dominion is asking for, saying they have been defamed by Fox News in the US. The claims are that Fox News aired and repeatedly aired false claims about Dominion rigging the election and changing votes. There has been no evidence to back up the idea that Dominion changed any votes. The, the company has, through discovery, aired a lot of dirt about Fox News, in the, including the fact the big hosts of Fox actually have trashed the president, called it all nonsense what's going on with the <laughs> uh, claims about a, a voting about the um, vote rigging. And now it looks like that Fox are going to be forced to go into litigation. There are reports the trial got delayed a day. It will start Wednesday our time because the trial got delayed by a day because people believe, and the rumours are, that Fox is desperately trying to settle. This has not gone well. The judge has already ruled against them and says they were airing false allegations. Now, First Amendment... In the United States, means you can pretty much air anything under the guise of the free press. It gives you a lot of latitude. But
3: what not anything Dominion defamatory? Has to, sorry, not anything defamatory though. Which is well, the whole point you, you of actually this can, litigation. Malk, you can
1: air defamatory comments in, under press freedom. The what Dominion has to prove was that it was malicious. It's not the same as it is here in Australia. Mm. Australian motive doesn't matter. If you wear a false allegation, you can be sued for defamation. It's much harder mm. in the States. But what's happened here is that there is a repeated level of Fox News broadcasting these allegations and the tapes that they've had seem to indicate, and I'm not passing judgment, but seem to indicate Fox knew it was airing false claims, continued to do so for ratings. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting point. The judge has also criticised Fox of not being forthcoming with what the structure of the company is, that Rupert Murdoch was an officer, that Fox News hasn't delivered Evidence until a producer who worked for Fox News, who claims she was being bullied into falsifying evidence, produced tapes of um, meetings and backgrounds, backgrounders happening with Rudy Giuliani and people like that, that Fox had not given up during discovery, which they were meant to, and didn't give it up until this producer had put this information out there. The judge has actually criticised Fox and. and essentially labelled the Fox lawyers of doing the wrong thing. It's a very big deal for the Fox lawyers. They, by all accounts, are desperate to settle. I just can't wait to see what happens. The jury selection has begun. 300 people were put up and the judge said, we've got more than enough people to fill the 12 seats. So, I don't know.
3: I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) (laughs) Three words for you, Rob. Mm -hmm. Fox will settle no they're they trying to settle will. i know but dominion but th- don't want to because it's all about the number ultimately if fox and the the whatever it is however much they're they're asking for in their suit when you try and settle you try and settle for less always 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 but the short answer is if you turn up and say we'll pay the number and they say no then fox's lawyers have got reasonable grounds to go to the judge and say they're not being um uh, fair in this in in the the we offered them the money that they want, and they've said no. So, the opportunity that stands is just how deep Fox's pockets are, because it is absolutely, absolutely, to their benefit to settle. It is because, but Dominion the shit that has rained ha- down already, let alone what will come, and it will come, is only damaging to Fox. I
2: love that. but
3: Dominion don't just
1: want $1.6 billion because they say that Fox has ruined its uh, reputation, its lost clients. It also wants, I think it is, apologies aired every day for a month multiple times (laughs) a day.
2: I just love it. I wish I was on that jury so badly.
3: Just make them eat shit. That's all this is. Yeah,
2: I love it. Good on them too. Yeah.
3: Well, it's obvious Dominion
1: feel that they were done wrong by Fox and they want revenge and their case is looking very strong. It's interesting, at the beginning of this, a lot of pundits were saying that it's very hard to win a defamation case because of the First Amendment mm-hmm. and press freedom. But that narrative has changed as more and more evidence has come out and the just way the those judge... Just text
3: messages, just the text messages that were revealed in Discovery where all of the main Fox News hosts were texting and saying, these guys are idiots, they're freaks, we cannot let them go on, they're deluded, this whole... Sh- Trump is horrible, we don't want to have him on it. Like, all of the stuff... And then they were going on air and, and towing this line or making out like mm. it's, you know, Dominion are horrible and it's their fault, all of that sort of stuff. That is enough to sink them. It's like, not. Like, that is enough. It's not. Oh, mate. In, but in it, yeah, this proves the maliciousness that needs to, to overcome the well, claim of the fact that
1: 12 members of the jury will have to decide whether it's malicious. They're not going to hear a word
3: of it. There are 12 men and women are not going to hear a word of this case. It will be settled before it starts. If you want to keep up with it, and I encourage it if you're so interested, Brian Stelter, formerly of the New York um, Post and then of CNN, no longer with CNN, this is what his life is for the next week, or seven years covering this case Uh, and he's an excellent media writer he's going to do a great job on this so keep an eye out for his stuff either on twitter or, or where he's posting it online
1: coming up did a stuff up at seven really stop chris brown from hosting dancing with the stars another dating show could be heading our way but could this one be a winner and we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the tv binge box Well, Dancing with the Stars is going back to its roots with Daryl Summers joining Sonia Kruger as co-host this upcoming season. Now, it's been rumoured, according to Annette Sharp in the Sunday Telegraph, that it was to be Dr Chris Brown's gig. It was instead apparently only offered to Daryl Summers after a miscalculation of the TV vet start date at the network. Seven, however, have denied this. Chris Brown starts at seven on July 1 by when the upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars will have already been shot. Robbo, I don't know if I'm buying this. Here's here's the tester. If in 2024, Chris Brown is hosting Dancing with the Stars, then it's a big tick to Annette Sharp. But Seven always knew Chris Brown was starting on July 1. I reckon they probably spitballed the idea, but probably never got to that point where the, everything was going to align.
0: Exactly. There would have been meetings at seven where they were going. Uh, we, we're close to getting Dr. Chris Brown. We're going to get him. Great. Okay. So what, what are we going to put him in? Have we got exactly? For him? Um, oh, we forgot about Dancing with the Stars. Oh, we didn't realize. If we'd remembered, we would have put him in. Um, mm. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think this is this is true. I, I think safe pair of hands though with Daryl Summers and Sonia Kruger. I don't think you want to mess with that. And also, it's very hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to dance with a piece of cardboard. They they can't keep rhythm. Uh, they're not very entertaining. Uh, and that's what it would be like with Dr. Chris Brown hosting.
1: Ah, uh, shouldn't have come to you about Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: I wondered why
3: you did it, and I just knew it was going to end. Well, I
1: somewhere thought that's badly. what you wanted,
0: so I delivered. No,
3: I completely mm.
0: forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was surprised I got the question.
1: Uh, it actually did say Mark, but I thought I've asked Mark a few questions. No, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I just made shit up. Um, <laughs> Mulk. Annette Sharp makes the point, why not Sonia Kruger hosting by
3: herself? Why not indeed?
0: Because she's a lady? And only (laughs) men host TV shows? I'll leave that as
1: a comment. (laughs) Dare I suggest, that could be part of the problem.
0: Uh, You can't have Adriana host Wheel of Fortune. It's just not going (laughs) to happen.
3: Here's the concern, is that Sonia Kruger is absolutely more than capable, correct? Why couldn't she have done it? Look, the way they've traditionally done Dancing with the Stars, it's a two-hander, so it would have meant that someone else needs to be upstairs with the stars after they dance and, you know, having the kind of sparkling repartee that we've come to expect from Sonia in that role. Um, I don't... And, look... I'm so pleased that uh, Mr. Summers' lawyers are listening. It's great to have you on board, and we appreciate the the downloads. Uh, He's a fine entertainer (laughs) who will do a fine job.
0: Safe pair of hands, yeah.
3: All right.
1: (laughs) Viewers were left fuming after the live Lovers Blind reunion on Netflix wasn't so live after all. Following technical difficulties where a screen was displayed encouraging the audience to hang tight, it was over an hour before the reunion began taping and was later uploaded to Netflix. During the fiasco, Netflix tweeted a statement saying, and I quote, to everyone who stayed up late, woke up early, gave up their Sunday afternoon, we are incredibly sorry that the Love is Blown live reunion did not turn out as we had planned. We're filming now and we'll have it on Netflix as soon as humanly possible. Again, thank you and sorry. Host Vanessa Lachey opened the show
0: acknowledging
1: the difficulties.
0: To say we are sorry we're late, we are no longer live, but we are now finally here. Yes, Yay! finally we're here. And all of you at home, you haven't missed a thing. We've actually been sitting in these couches, not talking to each other. So we could save all the tea for you.
1: Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. If only they'd come to us a TV black box. Oh, we God. did <laughs> the Ben Robin Robber show, the Ann Robin Robber show live every day, streamed mm-hmm.
3: it. Mm-hmm. To the world. Live
1: Logie's Red Carpet, Rob. Mm-hmm. How yeah. dare we
3: forget that? Logie's
1: yes. Live Red Carpet Netflix. If you need live streaming, come to us. I know, I don't. Uh, I am
2: I am a bit confused how this happened with Netflix's money and. <laughs> Give like, me the Netflix money. I yeah, love exactly. oh, what I could build. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a shame. It's kind of annoying if you're wanting to watch it. I don't think it's the end of the world. People were really acting like, I don't know, something terrible had happened. But. Um, I do think, yeah, if they're going to want to do more live events Which is and great. Things, live is great. Agreed, agreed. And if they are going to want to do that, which it seems they are, they probably can't afford to have too many more of these mishaps because people will just completely lose their faith very quickly.
1: Although I saw a report today, um, I listened to a report today from Puck where they said Netflix refuses to reveal what went wrong, which I think is quite interesting. That is
2: odd.
3: Yeah. No, it's not.
2: Why would they do that?
3: Netflix, Netflix are secret squirrels, man. They don't want anyone to know anything that they don't want them to know, and including how did we screw up this big live event that we had been promoting? No one's going to know about that. Mm.
1: Well, Puck also suggests, and, and this was just hypothesising, that Netflix might be moving away from live now because of of this and they're not so sure that it's the path to go down mm. They are doing the SAG Awards Mm. live, they're Mm. slated to do, but that's a way off. That'll
3: be a week late, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I hope they do live. But honestly, Netflix, we can do it on the cheap.
3: We've got the technology. Come on, have a chat. Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm. not their core business, and they would be well advised to stop trying.
2: But I think they need something that sets them apart from the other streamers. And I,
3: I think live is
1: the next big thing. Yeah,
2: I agree. And whoever's first to do it is, I think, yeah. ahead of the game.
0: But is live, really next be- best, uh, sorry, is live really the next big thing? Because that's the whole problem. We like streamers because we can choose when we watch the shows.
1: Bingo. So why are we going but you can even to watch to live broadcasts. back on demand if you want. But mm, there no is right, so- a...
3: But
2: why, would why you pour the energy
3: into live if i can just watch it later
2: because yeah. like the love is blind reunion for example as someone who loves that show sure um i would have loved to watch that live there's something really and it's still up there you can now Appointment go and watch television it back. yeah but i and i'm happy to watch the entire season um as it's up on netflix regularly but having that one live reunion i think is a really exciting element of it and i think if if they can do that well, it can be used really effectively. It doesn't mean they have to move away from streaming and how everything's been no. done previously. It's just another option.
1: I think you're underestimating the power of life. A shared event, and that is something television has done so well over the years, continues to do so well, and I think this is the next phase for the streamers.
3: I would put to you, though, that streamers effectively have... And and go with me. I, I acknowledge the the notion of pre-produced television. They effectively have that live event moment when they drop the big the the you know the the next yeah. season of or the final season of Stranger Things, like mm. which in Australia generally happens at six o'clock at night on the Friday night, which will be probably when we get it. Mm. So there is a race. Mm. Why hasn't my Netflix updated or what? There it is. I'm watching it. So. Heaps of people will tune in for the minute that that thing sure. airs to start watching it's it in the, the same. same context as this. There's this live situation. Live is live is not the thing. It's having it available at. It's the appointment part. It's not the.
2: Live it depends on the content, though. Because
1: if you come in ten minutes late, you you can't go back. You're watching it from there, mm. and you're sh- still having that shared experience
2: and having a, I, I
3: understand that but any stream, sorry i mean yeah. any streaming service that delivers me a live thing that i come in 10 minutes late and can't go back to the start like that's seven plus months. oh yeah that's like, the that's, worst nobody <laughs> wants that if i come in 10 minutes late yeah. i want to be able to go back to Look, the start i, and straight I actually away. don't
1: dispute what you're saying there i think mm. you I, I think you're a bit down on the idea of live and i just completely disagree with you
2: I think it just depends on the sure. specific content. Like I agree, Malk, that when mm. Stranger Things is dropped, it is essentially live in the fact that everyone's watching it at the same time.
1: Or it's just like it premieres at 7.30, like every show on television. Yeah, but it's,
2: it's, it is a point. Everyone's watching it. I get what you're saying, but it isn't, the show itself isn't live. You're not watching Stranger Things thinking like no, no, or something. it's pre-produced content. Yeah, but yep. when you're watching a reunion of a reality show, the element of it being live is what makes that reunion so exciting
3: what will they say yeah. and so on and so forth yeah. yeah okay
1: another day another dating show on an island there's love island f boy island and now coming to seven is stranded on oh. honeymoon island from the <laughs> danish creators of married at first sight stranded on honeymoon island is set to blend the romance of maths romance and the <laughs> thrilling action of survivor as couples put together by a panel of experts oh are dumped on a desert island with nothing but their wedding clothes It will air on 7 in
0: 2024. I will not be watching this. No Robert. way will I be watching this. I can't stand dating shows. Now they're just putting them together. They're making they're dead. These weird hybrids that are just not going to work. It won't rate. It won't do anything. Um, people want the, the maths because maths is just what it is. It's it's in the maths bowl. Maths is not a dating show. You know what show. you're getting. That, that's right. But you know what you're getting. It's 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 just simple. The ingredients are simple. That's what they put in. They're not trying to put them on an island and getting them to tightrope walk and walk over fire and all of this rubbish while telling their feelings. It's absolute. Bloody bullshit. It won't write. It's rubbish. Mm. <laughs> And if they want to do it, I'm going to say this again, I say this about every dating show, get real people on it because that'll make people watch. We want to see Shaz and Gav, not these frigging white teeth, capped looking, yeah, big tit, I, fake ass. Unless arse. they do it
1: like maths, and
0: unless I it's just going to be gonna, bitch gonna, fighting yeah, on an island. I'm
2: 100% that's all it's going to be. It's going to be maths on an island. I first, but didn't they say the Survivor not use the
1: term romance. Maths is yeah. not about romance. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> no like, I think way.
2: when I first read that as well and I read the Blended with Survivor, I was kind of... Taken yeah. to like Big Brother and how they can implement challenges, and I was like, I don't want that. And I actually don't think that's what they meant. I think they literally just meant it's maths, but on an island, and I think that's yeah. fun. Except I'm into that. except the
1: survivor part is that while trying to survive, someone doesn't get eliminated, they get cooked and they oh. eat that person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. A, a big <laughs> now that's the
0: show that I'd watch. <laughs> that's, you that's
1: television. Just, yeah. That's married at first sight
3: mixed with alone. <laughs> yeah. um, I I I read. The treatment and look, congratulations to Seven for picking it up. They need oh, something to lift yeah. their Q1. I'm guessing Just, that's why they're going to land it. this. I oh, don't put it um, up
1: against Mass. That's not. I guarantee smart. you,
3: that I can guarantee oh, you, that's Rob, that's where they're going to put it. Like, I, I know nothing about this other than the same press release that we're talking about. I will bet you this is what they're going to try and run against Mavs next year, Q1, for sure.
0: Don't you cut yourself out of a lot of interactions because if you put yourself on an island with these people, mm. there's, there's only so many things that you can expose them to or, or situations you can create. If they're in a city or, you know, no. you can travel around, there's lots well, of different things you can do. Sure. But on an island, they're they really kind I just hope that we see what's, full-on what's sex. What's
3: unclear, Robbo, is whether they are marooned with all of the other couples that are come out of the dating event yeah. Or whether it is just Course the they couple. What?
0: Well, no, well,
3: yeah. All we know from the release is that in their wedding outfits they are marooned. <laughs> so the bride is in her dress, the groom is in his suit, and that is all they take onto this island. Now, and then how they, they survive go and screw from here is up another to bride or groom. If, if that indeed Rob is the the utopia that they want to create, then God bless <laughs> the them utopia. and off they go. <laughs>
0: Jesus.
3: I, I, I just. I hope it does well for Seven. I look at it, and and this is someone who's a, a, a huge, just, I love maths. I cannot get enough of it. The schadenfreude is incredible. <sighs> I just have no interest. I will watch it because I need to watch it because it's a new show, but I'm not drawn to it in any way.
1: Mm. Well, after almost 21 years hosting Sunrise, could Koshy's time soon be up? Though he signed a two-year contract extension last year, he spoke to the Herald Sun, Fiona Burns, saying, everything has come to an end, but I have got the flexibility to do it on my terms. I am incredibly grateful that I have that opportunity. Now, this man plays a blinder because he publicly said, I will stay here for as long as the executives at Seven allow me, and as long as viewers will have me in their home. Basically, I'm only going if they sack me. But I can imagine he's getting to the point where he wants to call it quits. While they keep I paying love me, I'm the on that he if, if 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 he decides to do that, he's doing it on his terms. He has given that show so much success that he will go down in history as part of something that changed Australian television and sunrise did that it it we take it for granted now and and all the breakfast shows including abc news are on that same kind of vein it's not as it's not as glitzy and entertaining as today in sunrise but abc news breakfast is doing a different show to what they would have done 20 years ago and that is because of the sunrise effect
0: Oh, I absolutely agree, and what a rare thing it is for a TV star to be able to say, yeah. on their own terms, I'm going to leave. Uh, it's great that Seven is really respecting him and also valuing him. Obviously, yeah. he's done so much for the network and the shows, but it's nice to see that reciprocated. Yeah, except
3: every other man in television history has been allowed to do that, except for maybe some yeah. music. Yes. Anchors.
0: What?
3: Uh, Are you kidding? People get sacked all the time. Sure, but when you're high profile, such as David Kosh, but, but but he's not even being pushed out. It is it's super rare that you you get to you, that you get sacked. Normally, you get to hang around until you negotiate your exit, such as Kosh is doing. Uh, ask Karl Stefanovic, what who left and then got welcomed back with open arms.
1: Yeah, because the show tanked, and then they realised that he actually did a good job.
3: I think it only reinforces my point. All I was getting at is that women don't get the same opportunity as men do in this conversation.
2: That's true.
1: Mate, Joe Griggs will be on Better Homes and Gardens for as long as she chooses as to As long be. as she wants, absolutely. They still want her to do host primetime TV shows. Please,
2: uh, not, uh, say, not saying every single woman and every single man. It's just a uh, I'm talking majority. Gross
1: generalisation.
2: Well, just majorities.
3: The data supports yeah. it. I mean, take it how you want to take it. Sorry, Robbo.
2: How many women have been sacked
3: prematurely? Mm. Ask Ann Sanders. She still has a job. Mm.
1: Uh, in actual yeah, yeah, fact, sure. sorry, Mulk. When Ian Ross came in to replace Ian uh, Ann Sanders and Ross Simons, Ross mm. Simons actually got sacked, and Ann Sanders was kept and moved on to other news services.
3: Sure, the, the, we we could bounce around all of the examples. All I'm saying is that, <laughs> generally speaking. Sorry, I'm just giving you facts. Men have more opportunity to exit on their own terms than, say, Melissa Doyle.
1: I think in TV that's just not true. I think depending on who's in charge and who they like, everyone in the industry on air is at risk of being sacked if they don't deliver ratings. Sure. (laughs) All right, it's time to enter the binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Abby, what's been on your plate this week?
2: Um so I have started watching Lost which I'll go oh. through very quickly actually yes. because I have a bit of a round about my second one. So Lost um watching that on Excellent. Disney yeah. Plus. Very good. Uh-oh. Oh my it's God. It's not getting <gasps> me. Like, anyone who knows me knows that I will watch a show so quickly when I like it. Like, I will smash it out. I'm on episode six and I've been watching it for three weeks because it is actually oh. a chore for me to. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just finding it really boring. <gasps> so, you've happening. never seen it before, Abby? Never seen it. Always have wow. been meaning I loved to watch it. Yep. And I'm just, I'm bored. And like, I go to watch it and I watch 10 minutes and then I'm like, no, nah, I'll watch this later. Like, it's just not getting me. It's probably Mm -hmm.
1: representative of the fact that there's been so many lost copycats over the years... That you've seen some of those and it doesn't feel as fresh as it did Maybe. when it was on back in 2004.
2: I'll keep trying it. My second one though is the 12 on binge, which I loved, and it's mm. like it's an Australian show, courtroom drama. Um, Sam Neill's in it, bunch of other people. Really, really great show. Nothing wrong with the show, but my rant is about binge. I am <laughs> anti binge. Like oh, I wow. binge are my number one enemy right now. I even oh, tweeted them. I tweeted their help. Twitter account they didn't even respond to me so Hmm. my thing with binge is that I have there's different tiers of subscriptions I have a standard subscription which says that I can have two screens watching at any one time so how come whenever me and my parents try and watch a show at the same time, one of us gets kicked off? And then how come when I try to upgrade my subscription, because I'm willing to just go, oh, something's going wrong. Let me upgrade it so we can have more screens. Even though I'm entitled to my two screens, it won't let me upgrade it. It won't let me change my subscription level. So I go into their frequently asked questions, follow the prompts to change my subscription level. And it takes me to a page where I still can't change the subscription level. And also... I think I've ranted about this before, but now that like binge, I'm just finding everything wrong with binge at the moment is if you're watching it on a laptop and you use your um, like arrow keys to skip back and forth in the episode, like if you want to go back 15 seconds, if you miss something, the little display box at the bottom, which shows the preview of where you're skipping stays there and you have to refresh the entire page before it goes away and it covers half um, the screen and it covers the subtitles. And so I tweeted binge about all these things and they never replied to me. And so I am on an anti binge.
1: Yeah, well, maybe your tweets came across in a bit of a ranty measure. Yeah. I don't know how that would have been possible, but uh- <laughs> oh <laughs> but wow, it's so
2: expensive, and I'm not getting what I've paid for. I've paid for two screens, and then I was you know even- this is a review
1: oh. of the actual shows, not the platforms. Yeah,
2: fine. I'll take that as a comment. Oh yeah, because you've never had a round on this show, Rob. Sorry, I didn't realise <laughs> rants weren't allowed on TV Blackbox. <laughs>
3: Don't bring up the fact that it's a men versus women thing. Oh
1: yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't dare. Robbo, what have you been watching?
0: I uh, started watching Yellowstone on uh Stan. I know I'm really late to it, but I mm. keep seeing clips on Facebook um where I Enjoy thought I'm going to give Kevin it a try.
3: no while you can.
0: Yes, cuz he's not going to be oh, there. I your just...
3: spoiler policy McNight, honestly. He hasn't been oh, I know he's
0: thinking yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> the schedules, the old schedules thing, you know. Another man in television who was being sacked. <laughs> Cut I cannot believe early. it. Yeah. Just cut out early. He's just starting out in his career. Yeah, and he's been asked. And
1: axed. the female leads aren't being sacked. Mm. Only no, they're
0: on not. Kevin Costner. That's right. Wow. Um, I, I'm <laughs> finding it a little slow, but I'm going to stick with it because um, a lot of people have told me that it's it's really good. I love the way it's shot so far. I watched the mm-hmm. first
1: episode and couldn't do it, Robbo.
0: Yeah, so it's I'm pushing through because I have a, a three episode minimum like labor. Yeah, it, it's uh, pushing yeah.
1: through, hoping you get a good result. <sighs>
0: I'm hoping so, and if it's not, I'm going to shove it right back up in there. Uh, the other show that I've been watching is Bump.
1: Was that actually a bad metaphor, Mark? You gave me a dis- look of disdain.
3: <laughs> I just enjoyed the end result that we got from Robo. Like I can put it back and take another one out.
0: Yep, you can. I'm talking about labour. I've been watching Bump, that great Australian TV series uh, on Stan. It is a great original series. It's got Claudia Carvin in it. It's it's really nicely written, and it it, it balances that wonderful line of. Yeah, he's great in it. That wonderful line of um, having heart and having mm. fun, and it doesn't go too much on the either side. It's, it, I think it's really well written, really well shot. I really like it. It is obviously a, a smaller budget show, but it's great. So that's bump uh, on Stan, both on Stan for me this week. Love Stan. You know right. what, Stan? when You know um, they're Stan. great if they give you two screens. Yeah, we you love know they them. let you have two screens. <laughs> they're just, just, just fantastic. Two
2: screens
3: <laughs> yeah. On
1: two ah, devices simultaneously.
2: Yeah. I have four screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I've been watching Picard on Amazon Prime Video. It's been a roller coaster ride of a season. There was a moment I, I jumped out. Everyone said, what are you talking about, McKnight? I jumped back in and I, I have been loving it. The the adventure's ramping up, but it's becoming a little bit, um, oh, this is our final season of Picard. Let's just make it a, a remake of The Next Generation, which it is It finishes fine. this
3: week too, doesn't it? I think you might
1: be right. It, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, it's certainly very it's close. It's wrapped. Yeah.
0: Wait, so, Rob, um, was there something that happened when you were watching it and then you just thought, oh, I'm not interested anymore? Is that what you mean by you kind of got pushed out of it? and
1: I think I was in a bad place Uh Right. Mentally. Jean-Luc
3: Picard got told that he could retire on his own terms and there was a woman who'd been kicked <laughs> out. Sorry, that was too easy. Sorry.
1: Uh, there was a moment where it just seemed stupid. And but then when and I actually stopped the scene halfway through and everyone said finish the scene it'll make sense and I went "Uh, oh yeah okay they've explained that and then I was fine you were that affected that it was angry
0: with something halfway through a scene Mm, not even halfway through a season where you thought oh the last couple of episodes have been bad it was through a scene that made Robbie go (laughs) no Picard can go won't finish
3: the episode no No, not even won't
0: finish the scene no. (laughs) Wow! I was, totally,
1: I was watching this scene, and the concept of the scene annoyed me so much that I, I don't think this is a spoiler. The, oh. the ship was in a bad place. They, they, it was basically this is the
3: one you complained about earlier.
1: Yeah, they were all going to die, and so Picard goes into the holodeck with with this guy, and they're having a lovely chat. And I'm like, oh. They're turning off all the life support, they're turning off all the systems to try and conserve power. But let's go into the holodeck and use all this power. The bit I stopped before they got to, they explained that the holodeck's on its own power system and Mm. it's like a lifeboat. (laughs) I was going to point
3: that that out. Yeah, that's right. It's actually powered by David Kosher's (laughs) superannuation.
1: Anyway, the other one I've been watching is Yellow Jackets on Paramount (laughs) Plus. I love Yellow Jackets and Abby. What?
2: I just, this is like one of the many shows that I told you to watch for months on end. You completely ignored me. And then you're like, have you heard of this show, Yellowjack? It's so good. <laughs> have you watched Yellowjack? I've
0: discovered it? a new show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you no, but I'm talking
3: about this show that everyone on the internet's been <laughs> yeah. talking about. Alanis oh Mox has done the new thing. Oh my
1: God, Abby, no Mox is exactly it. the same thing when I watched Colin from Accounts.
2: The, you do it all the time. I could make an entire <laughs> list. Anyway, continue.
3: We could do a whole episode focused on Rob missing shows that we tell him to watch and then he watches them again. Wow! Did you know about the yeah. show? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh. Uh, but to support you,
1: the Paramount Plus apps are through <laughs> one. I can't use it on my TV, on my Samsung TV. Yeah, I can't use app. it because my TV's like five years I old. Can't so mm. I have oh. to do it through Fetch, mm. and it's very clumsy. Mm. It, it's mm. a, it's a clumsy app on Fetch. Uh, so I'll just throw that out there. I won't go on a twenty-minute rant, but I've made my point. <laughs> not for uh, once.
3: And just to point out, that's not Fetch's problem. That's the app manufacturer's problem. I I didn't blame Fetch.
2: I have a brand new (laughs) TV and I can't get Paramount Plus on mine either. Oh.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's what you get. You buy TV next to your shampoo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sorry, I missed
1: that one. Um, one thing I will say in regards to new shows, Malk, and
0: I have mm. no idea what it's called. Are you called. doing a yeah, third show? No, or no I'm, I'm not. No, well, well. I'm, uh, I haven't seen this. No.
1: I saw a trailer oh. on Netflix, I think it was, for an mm. Australian show that looks amazing. It's this girl that moves into a house on a cliff and it's where people go to commit suicide and she now makes it a mission to save them oh. before they jump off. Yes. I don't know what it's called. It looked brilliant. And I went to watch it and they said it oh, starts hmm. May 1st or something like that. I was like, oh f- I'll
2: forget about it
1: by then, but it looked mm. good.
2: If only there was a function on Netflix where you could add things to your list and then you could revisit <laughs> the <later. laughs> That's true. I they should think about that.
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I've lost it as well. I know the one you're talking about. Uh, I thought it was on stand, but if it's on Netflix, Marvel. Oh, it could
1: be on stand. What do I it know? <laughs>
3: probably is Stan. I'd say it is Stan. <laughs> Could it be Stan?
2: I think it's Stan. Probably Stan. Stan, as Stan is as the best. As long as it's not binge,
1: it's fine.
3: Oh, oh wow. Actually, wow. I think
1: it is Stan because I was—I then went and watched Poker Face, or I was about to watch Poker Face. Sure. Which one? And then it was the trailer
3: on Stan. <laughs> right. The show you're we talking about that. is totally, completely fine, Robert, I think. That's it. That's right on the tip of my tongue on Stan. Yes.
1: Hmm.
3: A great, uh, an excellent cast, uh, and I think it's going to be really interesting uh, in how it delivers and what it looks like.
0: Great. Partner. And now for your second show. Your second show, Malk?
3: Uh, no, no, I was just agreeing <laughs> that, was that first the trailer no? he was well, speaking about. I just did four, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So if we're talking about four, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, <laughs> given that I, we had two weeks not. off, I've managed to watch a whole I bunch of TV. I will point TVs. out Bianca
1: Stone, the journalist in Brisbane, says she loves TV Black Box, Skip Binge Box, really? this part of the show. Yeah, yeah, she says, once you get to the TV binge box, I turn off.
3: Yeah, that's oh, fair.
2: Well, whatever. She doesn't Which want our she superb never,
3: recommendations. It's probably why Bianca Stone never downloaded the TV binge box podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I digress. Um, there, there is literally heaps of television that I want to tell you about, but <laughs> I, I will be good and only give you two shows Thank because you. I'm a good guy. And you have a whole podcast to do all the others. When I had the time to do it, yes, I, that was indeed the case.
1: I was Are binge box gone.
3: Oh. I did ten episodes. I did a season, and then stopped <laughs> because I literally ran out of time. Oh. I just did not have the time to be able to. to it,
2: it was have fine you not the noticed, Abby? Summer. Well, I see his um, binge box TikToks, and I love those. So I'm a big fan.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Abby. I appreciate it. Hey, you're and, uh, you can catch me on TikTok at Steve Monk. <laughs> The, uh, the two shows that I want to talk about. The first one is a new comedy on the ABC. It's called Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe. It premiered a couple of weeks ago, and every episode landed on iview after the first episode aired. It's only six episodes long.
1: I'm concerned. Um, What's it like?
3: I'm going to say to you that I know that Auntie Donna is not for everyone. Auntie Donna is absolutely for me. I love those guys. I think that they are hilarious. The team that, that make Arnie Donna um, do my kind of obtuse, weird, hilarious humor. And and I think the best test of this season, whether or not you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, because there's not many people that just go, oh, it's all right, is um, there's a, a scene from the first episode where yeah, the guy's bouncing and they're singing, which one of us has a vibrator up our bum? And Broden comes in, dances at me, and then Mark comes in, dances at me. And then it cuts to Zach and his eyes are bulging and all you hear is this muffled kind of, you know, buzzing sound. Uh, it is it is so, like, laugh out loud funny every time I see it and it's flying Spoiler alert! at the moment. Yeah, it really ruins the whole plot of the show, Rob. Uh, but it's 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 a great gag. If you love that, you will love Aunty Donna's Coffee Cafe. Hey, Robbo.
1: I think Malk loves Arnie
3: Donna's humour.
1: Not so much Rob McKnight's.
3: Mm. No, I don't think it's the same. It's on the same level. No. I mean, I appreciate appreciate the effort that you make, Robert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the second show that I want to talk about, Abby and I were fortunate enough to see a preview of the first episode last night. It is a new documentary, three-episode documentary series coming to SBS this Thursday uh, and subsequent weeks. It's called Asking For It. So Jess Hill, uh, documentarian and presenter who made um, Look What You Made Me Do, which was a series that SBS aired a couple of years ago now, I think it was, uh, has has made this series along with a team of great um, people. And it's talking about, I'll, I'll say it's the rise of the age of consent and the fact that we are discussing consent more now than we ever have because of the recognition that we haven't been and it's actually caused some pretty sizable problems within society the first episode um, uh, without sort of giving away the, the depth and power of it is very confronting in that it has some survivors talking about their experience where they were sexually assaulted or worse uh and it it in, in the a couple of instances that I'm thinking of, in the olden days, it would have just been passed off. It just like, you know, you were drunk, you should have just, whatever, lady, right? That wasn't your thing. The, the notion of consent and how we understand it and where it fits into it and, and the idea that we have moved or are moving into a place where mutual enthusiastic consent is actually what we need to talk about, particularly in relation to sex, uh, but not just sex. Consent is something that invades and should invade every part of our life in the way that we interact and deal with and and even reaching out to handshakes and hugs and you know casual touches or whatever it's the whole series is not as heavy going as the first episode though it does stay within that oeuvre it's compelling it is absolutely amazing television not just because and in the case of the first episode these women share their horrendous stories that they're survivors of There's hope in it because we get to meet people who are actively working in um, schools and in society and helping young people and not just like privileged young people, young people in every kind of situation come to understand that consent is not as simple as yes and no. Consent has this very big, I don't know, it feels weird gray area in the middle and helping them understand and navigate that will ultimately help them be better people in how they understand and react and relate to each other. So 8.30, Thursday night, asking for it kicks off. Uh, It'll be on SBS On Demand. I cannot recommend it highly enough to the point where I would say it is mandatory viewing if you are a parent of teenagers. Mm, Agreed. To sit down with your teenagers, know that it will be confronting and know that it will be the most important conversation you will ever have with them this year.
1: Well, thank you, Mark, and thanks for ending on such a light note. Uh, <laughs> I don't consent to that joke. <laughs> um, if you're listening to the podcast the week of its uh, upload, I'll be on 4BC this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, 9am to 1pm, filling in for the great Spencer House, and, and on Sunday... Jamie Dunn, Agro himself, will be my special guest at around 12. Never 30. heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've got a few other surprises up my sleeve. So that's 4BC, Saturday and Sunday, 9 until 1, 4BC weekends. Abby Mickelson, David Robinson and Steve Malt. thank you so much for your graciousness and appearances on this podcast. We appreciate everything you do for us.
3: Bye. Thanks, Robert. That was nice.
1: And don't forget, for all the latest exclusives and everything about the TV industry, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news.
3: That was nice. We are all waiting for the sting (laughs) in the tail. We are all waiting for the sting in the tail. What's he going to say? It was nice to no, you. I know. That's the thing that was most surprising. <laughs> I said bye. I thought it was done.
0: Yeah, that's why I thought it was nice. <laughs> you were waiting for me to go, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> and you've You're been hit too. Ah. <laughs> oh.